0: Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Derek Carr has officially been released by the Raiders. They had to do that by 3 o'clock today, our time, or $40 million for this season was going to kick in, and they said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So there's a whole lot of people trying to put Derek Carr in New York with the Jets or even talking about here with the Titans. Steve, what do you think about Derek Carr? I, I feel like he's kind of like Ryan Tannehill yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's, a, he's a guy that
1: has the ability to put up some big numbers. He has sort of all the tools that you want as a quarterback, but hasn't consistently delivered in the NFL. That, that's that's my short, succinct take on Derek Carr. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm with you. I just feels like a little bit younger version of Ryan Tannehill, right?
1: Yeah. and And for the people who are – perhaps trying to link him here in Tennessee, thinking the Titans need some sort of upgrade. I don't think that's really an upgrade. I mean, and part of that too, is we know at least Tannehill fits in what the Titans offense has looked like, at least in the past. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be some sweeping overhaul of the scheme, maybe some adjustments, maybe a little bit more tempo, maybe a little bit more explosive passing element. Maybe that's the goal. But I still think this is going to be a football team built around the run and built around Derrick Henry and then the play-action passing game. And Ryan Tannehill has proven in his time here that when healthy and with some time and any amount of weapons around him, he can be pretty effective in that. So if your move is to go to a guy like Derek Carr, I don't understand it because I, I don't know if you're upgrading at all there. I think if you're making a quarterback move and you're the Titans right now, which I don't really think they're doing, I think you're going after – an enormous free agent-type name, you know, not to put fuel on the fire, but it would have to be an Aaron Rodgers-type guy. Or you're going into the draft because you think one of these guys at the top is a difference maker and a franchise changer. And so you trade up or you position yourself however you feel accordingly to get one of those guys if you believe in them. But those are the only moves that make sense to me if you're going away from Tannehill this year.
0: You know, we knew that John Robinson was obviously all in on Ryan Tannehill. All in. Mm-hmm. What we don't know is how Rand Carthen feels about Ryan Tannehill. That's what we don't know.
1: Yeah, we don't know that. And frankly, we probably don't even have the complete picture of what Mike Drabel thinks either. You know, he, he likes Ryan Tannehill, and I think he thought he was a fine quarterback in the system but do we know the true dynamic between how much John Robinson liked him and perhaps had the final say on that matter versus Mike Vrabel being in complete agreement? Or, yeah, we can win with this. Or sort of begrudgingly going forward with it, we don't really know that. My, my hunch is it's, it's somewhere closer to the, the front half of the, the options there. I think he likes him. I think he thinks he can win with him. He just needs – the pieces around him. But we don't know that for sure. And so as we head into this offseason, that's going to be something that we're certainly going to have to look at.
0: Don't want to drudge up an old topic, but, you know, it is Sports Talk Radio. So here goes. I spent that whole summer saying they should go get Tom Brady. He's leaving the Patriots. He is going to leave the Patriots. And the Titans need to be in that game. Obviously, he didn't come here. He picked Tampa. He did leave New England. But I do wonder – kind of what you were just talking about. You know, as the longer John Robinson's been away, right, we kind of we're trying to piece together really that relationship and that dynamic, right? Because for a long time it was like, oh, they're in lockstep and, you know, they think alike and they're, you know, they're attached at the hip. And then the more we, you know, evaluate the situation, the more he's been gone, I'm not so sure that is the case. And I do wonder – like I said, John Robinson was all in on Ryan Tannehill. That was apparent. But I do wonder, to your point about how does Mike Vrabel truly feel about Ryan Tannehill, I wonder if he was secretly behind the scenes going, hey, John, you know, I mean, what what about Tom? I mean, I, I'm just telling you. I've heard he's leaving. Well, what about Tom? And John's like, "Ah, eh, we got our guy. We're not going to mess with that. You know, I do wonder if that a, a conversation like that, ever took place where Vrabel was actually lobbying for Brady and J-Rob was like, nah, we got our guy. We're not fooling with that.
1: It's a great question, and it absolutely might have happened somewhere there. I will say this. I think... We're probably making too much of the rift between Robinson and Vrabel because I really don't think there was one. Uh, they may not have seen eye-to-eye on every single thing that happened, but I don't think there was some growing tension in that building between these two guys who were just diametrically opposed on what they thought the roster was going to look like. So I think in some ways too much has been made of that. And I, I also would say that if Rabel had that conversation or kind of gave him the elbow that hmm, maybe we should kick the tires on the Brady possibility – once they decided to go away from that, I don't think he was looking back in the rearview mirror, like, longingly for Brady. You know, I think he thought, okay, that's fine. This is the direction we're going to go. We can win with Ryan Tannehill. And, oh, by the way, Ryan Tannehill's numbers in 2019 heading into that offseason when they were trying to make that decision were as good as any quarterbacks in the league in the 10 games that he started in the regular season. And then he got him to the AFC Championship game. And so at the time, yeah, I mean, we can look back now a couple of years later and know that Brady won a Super Bowl in his first season going to Tampa Bay, and you think, huh, what could have been? But at the time, it looked like Tannehill was the perfect fit here in Tennessee, and the Titans were on the ascension, and they were just going to be right there in contendership for the next couple of years. And frankly, they were. I mean,. They came back and they were a division champion and had a home playoff game and then they were the number one seed and another home playoff game and obviously we know how the playoffs themselves turned out and that probably colors how everybody views Ryan Tannehill. But at the time, it was a much more interesting decision than I think we maybe make it out to be right now.
0: You know, an interesting thing is, and I've when I've had conversations about whether it's you know people asking about this Predators team or. I'm going to transition it into the Titans and, and Ryan Tannehill. You know, there there are certain players that after we've seen them for a while in this market, I, I think it's silly for people to expect them to be something that they're not, right? It, it, after a while, you realize this is what they are. This is what they bring to the table, and either you're good with that or you're not. Ryan Tannehill, sure. in my opinion, is squarely in the middle of that conversation, right? He is... One of the poster children, along with some, like I said, some Predators players that I could name that have been here for a while. And it's like, if you're expecting something else, you're just looking at it wrong. I don't, nothing's going to change with Ryan Tannehill. He is what he is to this point. So, with that being said, Steve, is he good enough for this narrative, for this to turn around, for this to change? Because everybody, I feel like with both franchises, Uh, a lot of people are in the same place, right? They've enjoyed the winning, they've enjoyed the success, but they're waiting for somebody to knock down the door. They're waiting for somebody to have a parade in this town.
1: Yeah, I I think you're exactly right, Darren. I think the thing that has to change isn't the people that are already here that we know about, it's the people around them. And that's how you get to the next level. And whether you're talking about the Predators, and I don't know specifically the guys you're talking about, but if people are waiting for Philip Forsberg to go from a 30-goal score to a 50-goal score, Matt Duchesne or, or you know Colton Sissons or somebody on the back end to become a 30-goal scorer, that's not going to happen at this point. I think that's pretty clear. The question is, is that core group good enough with a couple other pieces where they can take the steps to, to get back to becoming a Stanley Cup contender? Likewise with Ryan Tannehill, I think we pretty much know who he is now, I think the thing about Tannehill that's interesting, Darren, is if you look back when he first got here in those first couple years, when the offensive talent around him was the best, when the O line gave him the most protection, when he had A.J. Brown, and when he had a few more weapons at wide receiver, his numbers looked better. I mean, his numbers in the first two years, in 19 and 20, were very comparable in the regular season to a Patrick Mahomes or a or a Josh Allen or somebody like that, maybe not in the total mass yardage numbers, but in terms of like the touchdowns versus the interception and the efficiency numbers, he was right there. Now that's dropped off completely in the last two years. And I would say that's more of a function of the fact that the offensive line hasn't been very good. He hasn't had a ton of pieces around him in terms of talent to distribute the ball to. And then you throw in the injury factor, both with guys around him and then this season with himself so, I do think there's a Ryan Tannehill level out there that can get him back closer to twenty nineteen and twenty twenty which would be better than what we've seen the last couple of years, but he's he's still Ryan Tannehill, you know he isn't going to morph into Patrick Mahomes overnight but i I think when you look at the Titans, the question isn't necessarily can Ryan Tannehill get you over the top? It goes back to what Mike Grable said more than a year ago when they were preparing for this season, it's we've got to do a better job of building around Tannehill and making his job easier. And if the Titans get a few more weapons and a better offensive line, I have no doubt Ryan Tannehill will look like a better quarterback than he did this
0: past season. So with that being said, you right now, would you lock in the starting quarterback for the 2023 season for the Tennessee Titans as Ryan Tannehill, or would you lock in other? at the risk of
1: looking dumb cuz i know you can can save this i, I think they'll lock him <laughs> in as quarterback for this year you know i and i just keep coming back to this as i look at this team there are a lot of issues that are preventing them from contending for a super bowl and as we saw the odds that came up what sunday night or yesterday morning the titans have like the sixth worst odds to win the Super Bowl next year. They're they're down there at the bottom with the Texans and the Colts within the division even who have new coaches. And way away from the Jaguars who are in the top ten and everybody else who you consider to be a contender. So it is clear that people think the balance of power within the division has shifted now, and it's Jacksonville and then everybody else, and the Titans have to sort of reload. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but the reason they think that is there's a lot of holes and so I look at it and say, you've got to start. If, if you can't completely fix it, you've got to start on the offensive line. You've got to figure out what you're doing at tight end besides Chigekonkwo. You've got to find more wide receiver weapons besides Traylon Burks. And you've got to make sure that defense certainly doesn't take a step back from where it was, and hopefully you get a little bit more of the pass rush from the outside linebackers this coming season. And you're doing all that with cap constraints at the moment. So to me, as I look at it, as much as it might be sexy to talk about how you can upgrade the quarterback position, I put that down the list of concerns right now in that building. And so if you can work out a deal to bring back Ryan Tannehill hopefully a little bit cheaper, that's what I would do is I start to build all the other pieces up. And then a year from now you can make a real decision of, are we investing in Tannehill moving forward for two or three more seasons, or is now the time we go into the draft or free agency and find the true quarterback that takes us to that next level.
2: Steve, uh, when do you expect Jeffrey Simmons to get the long-term deal? Mm.
1: It better happen this offseason. I, I think that's the goal on both sides, Justin. They, they both seem to want to get it done. They want to get it done here, and I don't think you want to get into next season. I know certainly the Simmons camp doesn't. So I expect it to happen. My guess, just knowing how those things go, I wouldn't be surprised if it's July yeah. pushing training camp before we actually get to that moment. I, I don't think you're going to see any movement on that in the next couple of weeks. And a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one, Rand carton has got to sort of execute his offense or his off-season plan first and foremost. Whatever he's thinking right now, you know, free agent lineman or free agent wide receiver, and then address the line in the draft. Whatever he's thinking, he has to execute that plan over the next few weeks and figure out who's going to get cut and all those sort of things. So I think that happens first and foremost, and you get a feel for where your cap space is going to be. Once you get to that place and once you get through the draft, then I think you have the real serious conversations with Simmons. But even then, I think there's probably jockeying and negotiating back and forth between the two sides, and then you get to July, and you start counting down the days of when you're going to be on the field and where you're going to be in training camp and getting ready for the season. And I think that's when the rubber generally meets the road and you start to see some real progress. So if I had to give you a time, I bet you're looking at July twentieth, twenty fifth, maybe even August first before you get a deal done. But I do think they'll have a long term deal done for Jeff Simmons before week one of next season.
2: Yeah, we'll be watching minicamp and all that like we have in years past. Oh, uh, is he gonna show up and what is he going to Okay. Um Is he gonna
1: have a hold in?
2: Yeah. Were you surprised to see Todd Downing hired again?
1: (laughs) No, because he's an NFL coach, and those guys get recycled about as much as your pop cans in the back room there Mm. at the radio station. So I'm not surprised by that. At the same time, I am a little bit surprised that he was hired as the pass game coordinator because I don't think anybody would say that the last two years passing here in Tennessee have been stellar. And so, boy, is that an interesting duo that you've got there in charge of the Jets <laughs> offense right now. Robert Sella really really putting all his eggs in the basket of Nathaniel Hackett and Todd Downing. I, I don't know if that's a wise move or not, but Robert Sella knows more football than I do, so, so I trust he knows what he's doing. You also have Keith Carter there, so apparently not everybody thought the Titans' offensive influence of the last couple seasons was complete poison, because he's going in that direction at least, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think Todd Downing is a complete moron when it comes to football. You know, I I think he's got some skill. He's been promoted multiple times around the NFL. He's stuck around the NFL. I think there's some people who think he knows some things about what's going on. But certainly it didn't work out well here. And there's going to be some pressure on both him and Nathaniel Hackett because they're going to be in roles that are kind of do it or lose it, if you will. You know, if they don't have success there, what's the next stop for either one of those guys? And so now they both have to
2: what do you make of Taylor Lewan being Taylor LeJuan? Uh, You know, and, and when I say that, I think you understand what I'm saying, good sir. Sure. Uh, you know, Taylor talking, I expect to be released, you know, and all this other thing that's going on. Um, You know, and we're going to continue to watch this as long as it exists, as long as it hangs over our heads here. The Taylor LeJuan is still the left tackle for the time being until the Titans decide to make a move. And we don't know when that is going to be. And I don't know if if Taylor LeJuan knows when it's going to be unless there's some some date here I'm not picking up on.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later, but what I make of Taylor Lelan is that he's got a brand as much as he has a football career, yeah and so he likes to be out front and center uh, you know he's I'm um, in Montana doing whatever the heck he was doing a couple weeks ago, and he's been at college football bowl games and Super Bowl week, and hes he sells himself and i I don't begrudge him for that that that's great, and frankly, that may be a more lucrative career for him post football than anything he did on the football field, and he was a really good football player. The question is just now, after two knee injuries in three years, in year nine, can he still be a really good football player for you, and at what price is he willing to try to be that guy? Because he's not going to get top-dollar left tackle money from the Titans or anyone else at this point. And so how badly does he want to keep playing football or chase a championship ring, any, any of those things? Uh, we'll find out. And that's what we don't know, and only Taylor can answer And From what he's written, Justin, and even said on his podcast, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he completely knows that.
2: No, he I sounds think conflicted he's, to I think me he's as well. Wrestling.
1: I think he's wrestling with it right now. You know, Would he want to come back and play for a few million dollars for somebody? Uh, would no. he want to come back to Tennessee and play for a few million? I don't know. My guess is no, but we'll find out with that. But based off of what he's supposed to get paid next season – There's no shot he's coming back. Could they work out something and say, as we try and rework this entire offensive line, we're betting on the odds that you don't get hurt again and you can be better and help us kind of solve this together for a year? Maybe that could work. But at his current price tag, he's absolutely getting cut. Sooner rather than
0: later. You don't think Taylor One's looking at Pat McAfee and say, I can be Pat McAfee? You know Taylor One is looking at Pat McAfee and say, I can do that. And I'm just, and I'm a left tackle, and he was a punter, and he's making millions yep. doing this. So anybody who thinks that he's going to come back for a couple million dollars is literally they've lost their mind because he can sit on a bus and make a couple million dollars and not get hit and not get injured. And I think when you're doing all the stuff he's been doing to me, guys, and you may disagree, it's fine. It's just my my two cents. It kind of feels like a guy who's thinking about life after football is what it looks like. Looks like Uh, to me.
1: There's no question. He's thinking about it.
0: And he's working
1: towards it. Mm -hmm. He's upped his profile a lot in the last couple years. The only remaining question there is does he have this longing in his gut that says, I want to be a Super Bowl champion or whatever, and I've got two years left in my body or whatever, to go out there and lay it on the line and do that. And when I hang it up and move into this career, that'll never be there anymore. I might make a ton of money, but I won't be able to compete like this. I won't ever be able to call myself a champion. That's the thing I wonder in there. My hunch is it's not burning more than his desire to go out and be that huge brand, but I don't know that for a fact. And so that's what we'll find out. And, and frankly, it may be what Taylor's about to figure out for himself over the next couple of months.
0: No doubt. Uh, good win by Belmont on Saturday. What, host hmm. a game tomorrow night? Yep, at, the at home inside. tomorrow
1: night against Evansville. Then a huge one at first place, Drake, coming up on nice. Sunday. Still a shot to win the conference hmm. in this first year in the Valley. Nobody thought that was possible. But they're going to have to play really well here down the
0: stretch. Yep, Steve enjoyed it as always. Appreciate it. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. You guys too. We'll talk soon. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Good stuff from him.